Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. everyone, and welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 349 for April 9th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another one, Trevor. And I'm another one, Kelly. Hi! Hi! Look at that. We're all here. We got this whole, like, uh, what's that old show where they got the, all the people's heads looked down from the corners? Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Did you, guys, did you see the meme I'm se- I sent to you guys about, you know... <laughs> Who is it? Alice Else? Uh, she couldn't get her recording right. She was always muted. That's mm-hmm. me. In the middle. Muted. I Stuck thought it was in funny. The middle with you. Apparently it's not. Mm. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Moving on. It could have been hilarious. We would have stayed quiet anyway to make it awkward for you. Thank you. You're welcome. And you we did, did just we did we did a great job. That worked out perfect. Yeah, it worked. Great. Thank you. I appreciate You're it. Welcome. By the way. You're welcome. Yeah, did I you guys? Much... Did you miss me on the last one? You weren't on the last one. Yeah. No, no, remember I, I, sh- was... I showed I showed up like when you guys were saying goodbye. I I, I, I did listen to the did, show. It was a pretty good notice. show. Oh, thanks a lot. You didn't notice I was there. You're welcome. Or not there. Sure, that, that was the one where you and I were just awkwardly like just BSing about stuff and going all over the place. That one. I beg to differ. You beg it to differ. It wasn't awkward. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, everything else you said was correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wasn't awkward. Okay, was right. fairly good actually. Mm-hmm. Got better when mm-hmm. Kelly showed up, though. Oh, that was at the end when yeah. we said goodbye. Yep. Oh, I missed you guys. Yeah, but I'm glad I'm here tonight. We're having another family call, but I opted out to be here tonight. You had to work that in. Yep, you right. couldn't just do it. You had to let the whole world know that you chose us over your family because you're so selfless. La la la. You're just a martyr. I could have. I could be. <gasps> I can hang up now. <laughs> oh, they'll be there when I get off the call. So. So we decided we were going to do our next microcast on Saturday because Sunday is Zombie Jesus Day. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. Later on Saturday. Later. Yeah. No, regular, usual? regular time. Regular time will be fine. Regular time, okay. Yeah. yeah. Neat. Well, what we did yeah. this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now, how do you have the Mossberg Retrograde 500 Persuader for 620 I got to tell you, I love this gun. I love this gun a lot. You guys remember that I um, last year, the year before, I took a vintage Wingmaster that was beat to crap. Mm-hmm. I took two vintage Wingmasters and used and restored them, but both re- restored them differently. I made one look like a fancy pants, high gloss finish, mirror finish, upland hunting gun. Okay. And then I made the other one look like a vintage 870 police gun. Mm-hmm. Well, that 870 police gun has an 18 or 18 and a half inch barrel. It's got the five capacity magazine and it's got that wood finish it's got a wood stock and a wood pump and stuff yep. well this mossberg that the calgary shooting center has is like the equivalent to the 870 police from the 70s 
Oh, nice. That's that's why it's got that cool name. It's got that cool retro look. Yeah, it does have a nice look. You can hunt with it. You can shoot manual division and three gun with it. If you like wood and you like that classic look of a police style shotgun, a little bit of a shorter barrel, but still wood. You know what I mean? Yep. Nice. Check it out. And it's it's well priced too. Yep. $6.29. All righty. Trevor, what have you been up to in guns this week? Well, just before the show tonight, I went to load up some dummy rounds as per our um, main topic. So, like, literally, I was downstairs at 10 to showtime making up some dummy rounds. Um, other than that, I did um, finished up my 45 loading. I f- almost finished my 9 mil loading. Um, I probably, at this point, have enough brass processed. Oh, I definitely do because I've got a container of brass that I uh, I took it. It was cleaned. I resized it on the 650 in my undersized die and then put it into the uh, stainless steel media tumbler tumbler to wet tumble it because it had lube on it. And now the primers are out of my the primer pockets taken out. So I did a bazillion pieces of that and um, then started loading up nine mil. Um, I got more brass prep than I have bullets left, so that's good. So I'm going to finish that up. I'm going to switch the press over to uh, 308 to size some cases for my godson. Uh, he gave me uh, a bunch of pieces of brass last time I saw him, and it was kind of a mixed bag. But I've um, whatever he had. Let's say he had 200 cases. I, I took all of his mixed stuff and threw it in another pile, and I replaced it with all federal not like it was all fire formed in his chamber so it doesn't matter and now he's working with all um federal gold medal match brass today i picked up his bullets for him now we just got to get him some powder and some primers apparently varget is like back to hen's teeth can't find it anywhere in the country oh. colin you know, bought like I, I don't know when it happened but i noticed that uh powder is very expensive yeah, very expensive. It's, it's been creeping up the last couple of years. Like some powders are routinely fifty dollars a pound now. Yeah, I was looking at Cabela's. Yeah. It's like fifty, fifty-five dollars a pound. I was like, oh my god, what the? <laughs> yep. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll buy a pound or two. Mm, maybe one pound. <laughs> I, I did really it. good. Mm-hmm. Filthy Squires hooked me up with uh, probably seven pounds left in an eight-pound keg of Varget. Oh, that is very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That's not good, man. That's not good. This mag's not dropping free. I wonder. Got to be the grips. Um, what else did I do? I did stuff. I did things. Um, I sold a schwack of guns. Like, I mean, a schwack. Did you? Oh, I sold eight or nine guns. Oh, that is a schwack. I've gutted my infield collection. I'm, oh. I'm down to one infield. I kept my long branch. That's it. All really? the others are gone. The number one. The mm-hmm. Savage number four. The um, Jungle. Some douche. Hope he doesn't listen because I just called him a douche. But anyway, Uh-oh. if the boar is good, I'll take it. Well, define good. The rifle was made in 1945. Like, what's your definition of good for a 1945 rifle? So nothing. I, I sent him that. I heard nothing for days. Then I sent him another PM and said, would you like some photos of the boar? So I did my best to take some photos of the boar. He said, good enough. I'll take it. All right. So send me a photo of your pal. And your address, it's all packed, ready to go. When the payment comes in and the pal, he didn't send me a photo of his pal. He just sent me the number. Why is it, and this question is for both of you, why is it people 
don't want to show you a photograph of their pal. If, if, if you and I were in person and we were doing this exchange at a gun shop or a parking lot, I would say, let me see your pal and your you would pal? show it to me. You yes. would not write down the number and just flash the number at me. I would walk. So why then do you have an issue with showing me a photo of it? I explained to the guy, the, C- the Canadian Firearms Center is closed right now, so I can't call with your number and verify that your license is valid. So I need to actually see the card, please. And crickets. Nothing. Nothing. So I don't know. Ignore him. Flake buyer. Uh, yeah, it mm-hmm. might be a flake buyer. And yeah. and so, Adriel, if he's a flake buyer, um, okay, so two questions. I want you guys to tell me why you think people don't want to show your pal. But the next question is, is he earning a negative rating for saying I'll take it and then backing out of the deal by not showing yeah. me his license? Yeah, because legally. Says yes. Yeah. Cause Adriel? Not... In terms of what? Uh, leave a negative does he, rating? Does he deserve a, a a negative rating for saying I'll take it and then not? You would have to through. give him a reasonable amount of time to get okay. that photo to you. But if he says no, then yes, give him a negative rating. Say this dumb shit I doesn't, doesn't know license. how to buy a gun online according to okay. how it's legally done. And okay. uh, yeah, I'll leave a negative All rating right. for that. But you have to leave enough time. Like he has to have time. Yes. Okay. Maybe he's yeah, old. Maybe he doesn't know how to use his phone to take a picture sure. of his pal. And Let's be reasonable. Yeah. But that's not and why he's not sending it to you. Well, yeah, we could speculate all day, but time will tell, right? It's because he has privacy concerns about putting a Good. government. Let's come IP back to online. those privacy concerns. Are they valid? No, I don't understand. No, no, yeah, Kelly. They, no, okay. It's like when you see a picture of a, of a gun online, somebody's blacked out the serial number. Why? I used to. Why? Uh, I didn't know what the repercussions were, so it was and because I, just... I was uneducated on it. Right. It's like when I see a photo of a vehicle, somebody's like, oh, I took a picture of this douchebag in the parking lot today at Tim Hortons, and they blacked out the guy's license plate. We drive by each other's license plates all day. They're not blacked out. Who cares if they're not blacked out online? Like, I don't understand, people. There is no privacy anymore. Google anyone's name. You'll get their name and telephone number and where they live. Like, Well, and the other thing, the other thing that's cool about a firearms purchase, it's not like some random guy is asking to get like a picture of your driver's license or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, it, it is you're selling to another person who has been background checked and another person who also has a pal. So uh, the, the entire transaction is it's not secure, but it's like you're dealing with two people, two people who have been licensed and vetted and have the same thing. We are right. trying to ensure he's been licensed and vetted. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. if Ooh. you actually get a copy of his pal. Oh, so you're saying to him. Pal. Maybe that's the other thing. I'm not selling you shit <laughs> if you're not going to prove that you are. No. So? If, when, what are you, you going to do with that right now? With that number? Nothing, right? Nothing. Exactly. Like so you say, I need, ago, Kelly, I need a I picture of it. Yep. And, and all the other guns I sold, no problem. I got pictures, no problem. No hesitation whatsoever. Um, six months ago, I would have said simply send me the number so I can call and verify it, but not now. So, um, oh, I bought some upper parts. Um, I think we talked about this before. My modern sporter, my SLR are both set up with 18.6 inch barrels. My STI AR 15 was my original three gun rifle. And since my SLR is the lightest of my, um, AR esque platforms, I have, uh, no need for my three gun AR, especially since of the modern sporter and the 
SLR. It was the heaviest of, of them all, but it had the best trigger. It better than any guys that I ever bought. It came with a uh, JP Industries trigger. So there's my STI Air. And here's the handguard. Uh, did I show this handguard on the show when it was red? No. Yes. Okay, so yes, I did. Yes, yes. Did and you? are like, who, right. bought, who makes a red handguard? Hand yeah, and you got yeah. it for a deal, I think. Well, it was I ish. know you, you talked about it. I don't remember seeing it, though. I think, Kelly, could you have been not on, maybe? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. So... It was, I mean, you know, compared to a Maple Ridge, Maple Ridge is uh, 300 and change. This was uh, under 200. And Denis Cerakoted it for me and just did a beautiful job. Looks good. The, oh, the, Kelly, the finish on it, it looks nicer than the anodizing on the, on the good AR. Good job, Denis. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's nice, lightweight. Um, shout out to Ben. He found a 16-inch Maple Ridge barrel on on CGN. Remember, I keep telling you guys that all Ben does all day, every day, is send I hope us. His boss doesn't listen to this. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. But uh, if his boss is listening, you yes. better hang on to that boy. He's very resourceful and essential. So anyway, uh, yeah, he. I don't even think I I give him credit for buying that barrel until like yesterday or this morning or something i bought so many things that he recommended that i just lost track so anyway uh all the parts came in from tna the handguard came in and then got seracoded all the while i'm still waiting for the barrel which is coming from alberta i checked the tracking number and it was in montreal like yesterday so it usually goes montreal then dieppe then dieppe then Canada. it'll be another then uh, another fortnight before they the I dog sleds make it into probably into yeah. yeah so you still have snow um, What's that? I, I, we still have snow here. Do you no, still have snow? Well, we don't get on our range until the last weekend of May, first couple of days mm-hmm. of June. Like that's that's Northern New Brunswick, perfect course. Okay. Oh, uh, we had Nipsic New Brunswick executive meeting, and uh, it was kind of important. We had to, initially we were going to talk about our new team selection criteria for 2021. We were going to talk about um, the schedule, who's holding matches and when, and we we're going to talk about, I don't know, whatever else. But anyway, um, the decision from the executive was that as long as the New Brunswick emergency measures are in place, we will not be sanctioning any events. So no, no sanctioned matches, no uh, horses, no black badge, courses nothing so everything is on hold we're going to refund people their money and then if the um when things come to an end if an instructor wants to normally we stop black badge end of june shooting season's here we all want to go shooting you got to get your black badge in before june then you can take it again in the fall and um where we get between eight and ten black badges a year that way which is crazy for such a small section but we got we got instructors that like to teach so what are you going to do let them teach um, yeah, so this year, when we come out of the uh, Emergency Measures Act, if instructors want to put on courses, well, go for it. doesn't matter. Things are, things are different this, this time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then I went to the shop today, and I picked up some uh, Hornady 223, they call it training ammo. It's steel case, but it's 75 grain, boat tail, hollow point. Or 55 grain Bowtail Hollow Point. It's good Hornady ammo, just in a, in a steel case. The packaging is very simple, right? It's not fancy at all. And um, 
what else did I buy? I bought a box of Hornady 75 grain boat tail hollow points to load for my Howa mini action. And then I bought 200 more Hornady ELDX 178 grain bullets to load in the old Stag 10 because it loves them. 178? 178 ELDX. So it's a match grade hunting bullet. Oh, yeah. Like whenever I schmack it, I wanted to know it was schmacked. Like I no problem shooting a deer with that, or uh, sorry, a moose Two. with, with yeah. that, uh, with that one seventy eight out mm-hmm. of three hundred eight. That'll do it. Yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's it for me, Adriel. What's about you? Uh let's see. I sorry, I'm just scrolling back up here. Oh, I bought some Air Ten mags from Denny. Oh. Yep. Yeah, got a couple of those. They're they're on the dog sled from New Brunswick, so they'll be here in a fortnight or, or so. I was gonna ask, did they get there yet? <laughs> no, I know it took four days. Well, you're a little bit closer. There's like there's huh. some I know. You know rough roads on the in between here and there, and a couple thousand this kilometers is, as well. This is true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The whole country. Yeah, yeah, a little bit slow, but what? Uh, I'm not in a hurry right now. Um. Let's see. I I did get uh, two thousand rounds of CCI standard velocity in. I had bought uh, from Mag Dump uh, when they were seven cents around. Not gonna see that deal again for a while. And uh, and I had been like planning on meeting up with the guy because their company's here in Edmonton. But it's been like a couple weeks, and he's like, I'm just gonna ship these. So uh, I got some of that in. Uh, and then I prepped a bunch of uh, six five Creedmoor, about one hundred eighty cases. I okay. tested the different lubes I had around the house and non-lubes I had around the house. And yeah. uh, Trevor, was the, the, best? Uh, the bar of soap, the bar of soap. Yeah, totally the way to go. Because it, like, it makes a little groove in there. So you, like, you, you just take your case and rip, just give it a little spin on there. Way you go. No one is going to waste money on Hornady One Shot ever again. <laughs> and when you wash the I lube re-soap. off... You clean the brass. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I washed. I washed my cases afterwards, and it's like, oh, it's nice and clean now. This, these are the this is the cleanest cases I've ever reloaded. Right, reloading hack thirty eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I did end up washing them afterwards, and then hand uh, uh, scrubbing it. Not scrubbing, but like wiping each one with a rag, just to because that soap residue sticks on there pretty good. Uh, you do need to wipe it. Uh, I, I ran some hot water, but it was enough to get it off, so I just wiped them off, and now they're all super clean. And then I I tried leaving them on the register to like dry out to to get some air over them to to dry them out, but they're still a little bit wet. So I put them in the oven at 180, 180 Fahrenheit, like not super hot, not enough to do any damage to the brass. You ever thought of it using a baking rack with the smaller wire? Like uh, what you put your cookies on to cool? Mm -hmm. I guess I just put it in a pan, like a cake pan. And if I line the inside with tin foil, so I wouldn't like leave any carbon on my wife's nice uh, yeah. bake, baking ware. So, no, I was yeah. just wondering if you ever thought about doing that so you don't have to actually put them in the oven. You can just let them, you know, oh, to dry. dry. Yeah. yeah. I wanted I wanted them dry just in case I got like really ambitious and I started priming and making ammo like that night. Uh, mm. I didn't. <laughs> I played video games instead. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, I gauged them to see which ones were uh, didn't need to be trimmed because I want to just be lazy and make ammo. And I don't have enough powder or bullets to make like a lot, a lot. So I I got a whole bunch. Right. You think I should just trim them all? 
I gauged them. I just checked them with the old dial calipers, make sure that they're in spec. Good enough. Trim them all to the same length. Do it. Nope. Nope. I'm not nope. gonna. I'm not gonna uniform <laughs> the primer pockets either, and I'm not gonna uniform the flash holes. That I understand. <laughs> Kinda. Kinda. Still not acceptable. Uh, are you using a bullet with a cantilever? Uh, some of them. Yeah. Then trim them. I'll just trim them so you can crimp them all the same in the cantilever. I'll find the ones that are like around the same length and I'll just use a cantilever. Yeah. I don't have enough bullets to do like, a sh I'm not doing like 200 rounds. I'm probably going to do like 50, maybe. Oh, but those are rookie numbers. You got you to bump those numbers up. Yeah, he doesn't have enough powder. I need more powder and more bullets. And he, does, and he doesn't yeah. have enough. You see, Kelly, remember how he's always bragging about not being a prepper? I was ready for this. I loaded for <laughs> days. Well, I got a month of 223 and 9 mil. Just not, that's not my exotic Soy boy uh, calibers like six five Creedmoor. <laughs> Soy boy uh, calibers. Let's see here. I cleaned all the. We had a couple of maple seed calls, so I, I cleaned the pockets out uh, on one of the calls there. Yeah, and you were gauging. I was watching you gauge as you were doing it yeah, as well. Yeah, I was gauging and, and cleaning the primer pockets there. So now those are all cleaned up, uh, and I booked a spot at Chaz for this weekend. So they're doing uh, by appointment only. They're gonna. Uh, have someone manning the gate and make sure that there's not more than X number of people on the range and that they, they that everyone stays completely separate. So I've got one hour to get on there, do my shooting, and get out. Holy jeez, uh, one hour? That's enough. By the time you get on there, take all your everything out that you need, go and put up your targets, come that's back. Enough. That's enough. <laughs> I can make that work. You know, if the prospect is just no range for the next two months or, or you, got you get one, one hour, hour, give me the hour. It. Give, it, give it to me. I'm good. Yeah. So I'm going to take my uh, that 6.5 grade more out. Got it. I was just it's going to cut down on the old, you know, fish stories. I call them yep, fish stories. Yep. Yeah. I think anyone starts talking to me, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Shut up uh, and leave me alone Stay over on there. that side of the bay or get off my bay. <laughs> I want to do some shooting. But I'm going to get this guy out here and uh, run some rounds through it. So how many ranges do you have? Like, how many bays do you have? I know I know that there's at least five, three six. that I've seen. Five well, or six. The long so range if you, is huge, too. You could probably put, right. like, if like maintaining proper social distancing, you could probably put two or three people on that one long range bay. It's well, no, I was just wondering if they were just doing, like leaving it for six people like the different ranges right so six people each one each person has a, a range that they're booking yeah it's something and it's that. something like that i don't i don't know the, yeah. the particulars they they very quickly got a booking solution in place and it was like super fast so i'm super happy that yeah. i get to try out my my nice new rifle that's been collecting waiting. dust yeah yeah waiting for you waiting for me and now now i get so now i've got like uh, 10 rounds of factory 6.5 Creedmoor, and I'm going to have to whip up like, uh, I don't know, like 30, 40 uh, rounds of other stuff uh, for uh, for the weekend. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's about all for me. What about you, Kelly? I didn't do much. So I, as Adriel said, he did a couple of maple seed calls, so I've been on them with him. I've talked to Adriel more this week than I've talked to anybody <laughs> in a month and a half. <laughs> I've had another a full week of video calls every night. I, yeah. I, I did it last week, and I'm doing it this week as well. There's like oh, one uh, Friday I won't have anything. That's the only night I don't have any video calls. What about Sunday? Uh, Sunday I have a family one. Okay. Saturday I have right. one with you guys. Yeah. So um, I've been doing some calls about Maple Seed. Um, 
just give people an update on that because I know people are going to be asking about it again. Uh, we posted some things on our website and also on our Facebook pages uh, right now. Everything up until May 11th is essentially canceled after that. We will let you know and we'll give you an update once we know. Obviously, we're not mind readers. We can't, no, we don't know what's going to be happening, especially with, um, you know, specifically ranges in Ontario and um, some other uh, provinces. All the ranges are closed. Most of the ranges are closed anyway, so we can't have events. So the ones that are the events that we have, the schedule, we haven't really put it up because why put it up when and sell the event if we can't actually yeah, have well, the event exactly, yeah. so we're holding off on that but so uh, the ranges that have actually signed agreements with us uh we're going to um once we're able to get onto the ranges we are going to um basically move forward with the events that we've already arranged and anything that we've canceled what we're going to do is try and go back and and schedule those in if we can't do that then we'll just have to do it the next year so, um, but we have a very full schedule this year already. So I'm hoping that we can schedule maybe one or two more of the events. You had, chosen. you had a full schedule. Thanks, Trevor. We have you're quite welcome. As the long one as that, provinces are under Emergency Measures Act, you're yep. shut down. Exactly. Once they're out, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm already getting a little bit stir crazy. So once yep. they're out, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do them like every weekend. What I think is going to happen is we're going to be super busy. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have you guys free. are you guys are the we're in ops ends of this whole thing. Um, this break for me has made me not want to go back. It's like okay, everything I was planning on doing the charity shoot shut down, Ronnie DeGroote shoot shut down. Uh, I'd already canceled SummerSlam because we had to get the range recertified. Yep. Now I don't even know if the range recertified. And I'm like, meh, that's good. I needed a break anyway. Adriel's like, as soon as I can put a maple seed on every weekend, I'm gonna. I'm like, um, not this guy. <laughs> Somebody else puts on a match. I'm there. Sure, I'll go shoot it. But I love, I love that I'm not responsible for anything for for the first right. time. And maybe you were taking too much on. Yep. Yeah, well, yes. I'm kind of uh, like I am kind of liking the rest, but I'm kind of also I want to not because i know that i'm function better when i am busy are I am you busy. not functioning well right now oh i'm functioning fine actually well, but i also uh, i function really well when i'm super busy i don't think you do oh thanks a lot um <laughs> when's the last time when's the last time you were double booked or forgot something huh i don't generally double book or forget stuff are you the same kelly i've been podcasting with for a few years now because i think you do no, I actually don't. I can see the offense growing on your face, and I'm loving it. It's like it so. We me. have not talked about this. Um, we don't. We you talked about the Ronnie DeGroote being canceled. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't talked about the the actual charity Sorry, shoot, shoot. Yeah. being canceled. So, but, are you announcing well, it's that not. it's canceled? It well, or? it's like I just said. Everything is on hold while we're under emergency measures. Mm-hmm. If we come out of emergency measures. We can hold it because we can set it up the day before. It's not a big deal. The payments are online. But you're right. We haven't talked about it in a while. And, you know, you can still register on practice score and then just turn that into a donation, which we will donate to the Rodney Harkwell Memorial Fund. Or if you'd like a refund, we can do that too. You withdraw and I'll get an email and I'll send you a refund. Yeah. But right now to, to know what's going to happen. 
Well, we have, it's, well we have it's coming happen. up pretty close. It is right. coming up. And I, here's what's going to happen. If we're under emergency measures, it's canceled. When the emergency measures are lifted, if there's enough time to pull it off, we will. But I think we should decide what the cutoff is because people need to plan and drive here and all that stuff, right? We're going to put it on a charity shoe for four people. Right. So why don't we talk? Not a fucking chance. (laughs) Okay. So why don't we talk about it and then come up with a date and then we'll let people know. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So the other thing that I did in guns this week is uh, I tried to actually, um, the new holster that I got from Pat, Thank you, Pat, by the way, again, the ghost holster uh, for my CZ. Love it. Um, Yeah. So I'm cheap and I have um, a duty belt. So I tried to put it on the duty belt. Didn't work because the duty belt's too thick. So I um, I had to go and uh, I went to Double Alpha, checked out what they have. There's not a lot they have in stock, Um, but I'm going to actually buy a um, IPSC belt so that I can mount it. But I don't know when I'm going to be able to use it because right now things aren't going on. So you use it every day for dry fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, but anyways, did you I'll check it, uh, I... MD Gardner? No, I didn't. Check check him out. Uh, I think Trevor uh, recommended him as well. But like double taps got belts and that kind of thing. Uh, yep. MD Gardner does. I think even Gotenda has, but they're like no, 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 no. Uh, you gotta, you, you don't want to get junk by it from a reputable Ipsic dealer. No, like they sell. I think they're double alpha belts. Yeah, I was looking at double alpha straight yeah. from double alpha. So yeah, they're so Anyways. expensive straight from double alpha though, especially with the dollar being what it is. Oh. So yeah. the hierarchy, in my opinion, based on my experience, is double alpha first. Mm-hmm. Then Ghost, and then uh, Murray Gardner and Double Alpha are selling a knockoff of Ghost, or yeah, it's more of a knockoff of a Ghost. And they're nice and stiff, and I like them, but the quality of the Velcro that's sewed on the back, mm, not so much. Probably the, the second best belt on the market as far as fit, finish, and quality is the Sierra Speed. It's a professional grade level belt. My only concern or criticism of it is that I find it's um, lacking stiffness significantly. Okay, but so it, it will I last you for years. Yeah, but if it lacks sti- stiffness, then it's not, it's yeah. not good. Yeah. So. so stiff and wear out or not so stiff and last a long time or just, you know, double alpha, one and done. Yeah. Or ghost. Double. Ghost, I buy ghost belts because I've got one double alpha and it's very expensive and ghost to me is as good. So fast toys also is what, um, yeah, fast toys in Winnipeg is a good one. Okay. I'll check them out and see what they have. Uh, there wasn't a lot of my size available at double alpha right now. So even if you went like four inches bigger, Mm. it would still work. Just never go exactly with your waist. Always go bigger. Like right now, my waist is a 32 and I'm wearing a 38 belt mm. and there's lots of overlap, but it's still, I can still use it. Right. 36 would still be fine too. Yeah. So I went and looked at my waist size and they didn't have, so I added two and they didn't have that. So I would have added four. So you could get away with that. Yeah. That'd okay. be fine. I think. All right. Okay. So that's everything that I did in guns this week. I didn't do a lot really. Just calls. Didn't do anything really. So, 
Let me Is pick it? your brain for a second there because I missed the episode. Um, I suppose I could just go back and listen to it. We didn't have a chance, you and I, to talk about your shotgun reloader. What were you given? Because I read a comment about buying another one rather than converting it. What did you yeah. get? So I got the mech. Mech Junior. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So, and, and it's mech- brand new. And uh, it comes with 12-gauge um, die. And um, so the recommendation, so I said I was going to go and find, try and purchase a 28 gauge die. And the recommendation was, no, don't do that. Just go and get. Yeah. Cause it's not that simple. No. Yeah. So. Switching over. Um, just if, if, yeah, I would offer it. Well, I'd offer it. Yeah. Uh, there's some, uh, the person that was talking was also, my brother was also responding to that. And he's telling mm-hmm. me that I should actually just go and take all of his trap guns he has some really nice ones. Well, there and you I, go. And, and I'm going. Do that too. That's a solution <laughs> we can all live with. He's probably watching. He's watching regularly now. I'm going, ooh, okay. Your so, brother is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Awesome. And so, he's going to be like, who is this jerk always picking on my sister? What an asshole. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we're starting to really bond as brothers and uh, brother and sister because, um, yeah, I used to be that type of sister that you, know, you just didn't. He was some. He's somebody who is um, uh, extremely knowledgeable in guns. He's uh, he's been shooting all his life. He competed for Canada. He uh, in what really, discipline? Uh, he went to Beasley and small bore oh, nice. and uh, large bore. Rifle. Yeah, and he uh, so he works with uh, the same people that I work with, and he was the uh, the armorer. And so he has quite the collection. He's been hunting all of his life. I used to make, make his life miserable because of that. And uh, so I was at his place and uh, he has a hunting cottage there on it's, Oh my God, it's beautiful. And it's just set up so great. And then I was looking at his property. I'm going, this would be perfect for maple seed. And then he's teaching his son how to hold the rifle that was bought. And I'm going, no, he needs to come to uh, maple seed and all. He won't listen to you, but he'll listen to me. So I'm going, all right, so I'll teach him how to actually hold the rifle. And um, yeah, and now we're talking about going to my dad's place, taking a look at his, uh, taking a look at it. My dad's also a collector as well. Um, so going over to my dad's place. Oh my God, I hope he doesn't hear this. Uh, and going through his um, his safes and <laughs> doing an inventory. Get the bones. <laughs> Man's not gone yet. You guys are divvying up his firearms when he passes. Oh, no, listen. That's we, exactly what you're doing. Exactly. Like my brother and I can now talk about things, right? He's so excited about it too. <laughs> so anyways, I was saying, you know what we should do? We should go over to dad's place and we should look through the safes and see, okay, you'll get this. I'll get this. And we will talk about it. Because if not, if... My dad passes before my uh, stepmom does. It's going to be bad because um, the conversation we had was she said, I'm just going to take everything to the cops and they can actually destroy them. And we're going, no, that's not happening. No, 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 no. You need to, well, just, I'm sure your father has a will and that can be sorted out. Oh, no. Anyways. Oh, well, that needs to be sorted out. Yeah. Anyways, so it's nice. My brother and I can actually, we can we can talk about things and it's nice. I, I'm kind of finding some, some ground that, it's nice, you know. You so know, now that you're no longer a liberal bleeding heart. You and your brother are rekindling a relationship. That's good. Warms well, my I've heart. never been, oh, never called, yeah, he's called me a liberal bleeding heart. Yeah, he's called me yeah, snowflake. So. Yeah, he's <laughs> called me all these things, right? Yeah, he used to pretty much be a vegetarian. Yeah, and he, he uh, so it's nice. I can walk by him at work because he, 
he works with me too in the same in the same institution. I'll walk by him and I say, "Hey, do you know what I bought today?" And he goes, "What you buy?" And I said, "An AR-15." And actually, sold him an AR-15 too. So it's like he'd never had a perspective <laughs> before. And so we, anyways. So it's kind of nice, you know. We sit there mm. and we talk about it. Anyways, cool. That's it. That is awesome. That's a long story, but it's like kind of like it I. It was a good be, story. I you and your brother so are bonding over guns. It's mean awesome. Mean to him about hunting. I used to be one of those people. Mm. I'm not anymore. Anyways, okay. Neat. That's it. Uh, upcoming events. Everything is canceled. Stay home in your Ginch and play video games. Right? Ginch? I haven't heard that word since 1982. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. You mentioned Maple Seed News. Um. I saw this in Caliber Mag. I don't know how like with it it is. This the RCMP is going to use C42 to extend licenses. Uh, you guys hear about this one? No. Nope. I heard right now that the um, license. Okay, so licensing right now is on hold. Mm-hmm. Right, they're going to extend it. That's what I. That's what I heard. That's been posted as well. Tracy posted it recently in the CCFR. So. Extend the grace period, I think, is correct. Interesting. Yeah, and so, another thing, and, and I think this was this was just in our comment feed here. So Dan, it's like some made-up magical thing that doesn't really matter because with the stroke of a pen, we can extend it. Apparently, when it, expires. It, it, it hurts no one, and it was fine the whole time. Oh. Wow! Why do they expire? They check us every day. If we did something bad, they could just be like, "You're not allowed to have guns anymore," and they'd be Money. done with it, right? Money. Your license should be yours for life until Mm -hmm. you do something to lose it. Mm -hmm. Why do you have to renew your license for cars every year? Well, that's money. Yeah, tax money. So why do you have to renew your license for your gun every uh, gun license every five years? Taxation is stuff. Indeed. We are all in in agreement here. Uh, Dan was saying that the CFO was going to put up a website. uh, Which CFO? Oh, never mind. I didn't read it properly. He said, if the CFO just set up an online verification site, this would all be fine. He was saying, yeah. right? Just like transfers. We could do our own yep. transfers, damn it. Yep. And if you don't know how to computer, then you pick up your telephone because you're 87 yes. years old. Mm-hmm. And you fax in a copy of yeah. your thing. Yep. And you fill in a form. Yeah. Who the hell has And you call it an FAC. It. Yes, yes. Yeah. You still get faxes at work every day, Kelly. Do you really? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one of the other commenters mentioned uh, they sent in their picture of their pal to someone, and that person used that picture to scam someone else. Yeah, that's greasy. That's the, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Hmm. That's not bell. cool. One guy sent me his his pal, picture of his pal, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. this thumb over the face, and I didn't question it. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what this dude looks like. <laughs> so You're mailing to you him know. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got so, if these people are buying from like SFRC or DC, they they you're want going to show it, or you're not going to exactly. get exactly. So show the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there are people that are going to be greasy, like like you said, that yep. that happened to Guy, and uh, it's going to happen to one. But in- it's not hard to track down, right? Because you know who you sent a picture of it to. You have the email. I sent it to Excellent. this guy. My yeah. email address is not Big Boner sixty nine nineteen eighty two at Gmail. It's Trevor Furlot at Gmail. Like I'm not oh, hard no, to find. No, you just gave everyone your email address. 
<laughs> everyone on Facebook watching, everyone on... Don't matter. Okay. Yeah, well, anyways, most people knew it was Trevor Furlet at gmail.com because we keep saying it all the time. Yeah. Right, for the hate mail. Mm-hmm. Can you, you send someone a digital bag of dicks? Because I feel like my inbox is able to get flooded. It is, yeah. You can reply with. Reply oh, yeah. With. Yeah, that's what you'll need. To yeah, do. it won't, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that was the only bit of news I had. Uh, in terms of new gun stuff, not a lot. I don't know if I talked about this one last week. Actually, I'm pretty sure I didn't. Uh, Maple Ridge Armory is doing... Uh, that is not the right uh, thing. I'm looking for their upper. Upper. They have an AR-10 upper now. They have one for the stag that they're making in-house. Come on. That was incredibly exciting. So while you're doing that, um, so Jeremy Crane said, when I buy over the net, I always get them to send me a uh, picture of their driver's license so I have their address. That is a great idea. I have their address because I'm mailing them the gun. Yeah, I know, but get them to send you a picture of their, their driving driver's license, too. they less uh, likely to be uh, idiots. I think game, on yeah. that one. Yes. Ah, uh, here it is. Oh, Hmm. Oh. Take a look at this. Okay, so the Maple Ridge what? Armory MRA-10 billet upper receiver fits the Stag-10 and Matrix 762D series of firearms. It's precision machined, yada, 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 and you can get it in <laughs> anodized black, Cerakote, uh, FDE, or ODG. Now, uh, I think Trevor and I, we looked at, um, there are still Stag-10 uppers you can buy. But they're not billets, so they're not like as nice as this one would be. But you can still get those uh, for less, or if you want like a, a fancier upper, these guys have them now, which is kind of interesting. They'll probably also start building Stag 10s and Matrix Armories now, since they're making those uppers in-house, right? Mm. Indeed. Uh, n- new gun stuff, carrying on. Uh, Doug says that Vortex announced a new scope today. Anything on that? Oh. I just saw that and I didn't add it. Uh, the Strike Eagle 4 to 26, 6 to 24, nice. something like that. It's their extended range. So, like, their Strike Eagles, so they have like a 1 to 6, they have a 1 to 8. They're not yeah. top of the line. They're like a budget style. Uh, mm, uh, budget is. I mean, they're still yeah. close to 500 bucks. I think Ryan was talking about that one. But compared to the yeah. um, Razor. Razor. Yeah. yeah. Those are 1 expensive. to 10. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they added another one to the line. Look at what they did with the Diamondback Tactical line, right? Mm-hmm. You can go 4 to 16 or 6 to 24 by 50. 5 to 25 first focal plane, Doug says. There we go. Yeah. 5 to 25. Uh, so basically, yeah, it's brand new. 5 to 5. Or 5 to 25. 25. Yep. What would that bucks. be good for? Would that be good for like PRS? Yep. Mm-hmm. Illuminated reticle, 25 power. A bad price. That might be cool on my... Max elevation, 110 MOA. Okay. That's a lot. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. First focal plane, 5 to 25 by 56. So it's got a nice big objective on it. FFP, 110 MOA of travel. That's some good travel. That'll be good for shooting long range. If you wanted to shoot long range, that's 34 millimeter tube. 34? Yep. Uh, EBR 7C reticle illuminated. 
eight hundred bucks. Those rings gonna cost eight hundred bucks is super is reasonable. Cheap. I wonder what kind yeah. of glass they got in that thing to have that kind of a price. That's way. Doug too says low. it's it's the same as the Diamondback tactical glass. Mm, that's why. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like they're. Uh, razor better. glass. Yeah, it's not their razor glass. Well, they had and to skimp on something to get it to eight hundred bucks. But possibly Filipino, not uh, American, because they make them in China, the Philippines, and stateside, right? Mm-hmm. Looks cool. But it's it'd be okay for somebody who's getting into PRS and mm-hmm. so get yeah. into it. With this eight hundred bucks, get to shoot with the big boys, and then if you want to upgrade to something that's a little bit more expensive, do that. Well, with 110 MOA of travel uh, with a good. rail, you could shoot with a 22 using that and go pretty far out, too. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Why don't we get into our main topic? Sweet. And for our main topic, uh, this is one we're kind of bouncing around, uh, this idea of what should you do when we're socially isolated sitting in our house and not able to go out to matches and that kind of thing. Uh, we're talking about the concept of dry fire across the different disciplines Pornhub memberships have gone through the roof. Oh, I, I forgot to free. Talk about my memories free. Yeah. Well, isn't there like a premium live cam thing? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Kelly, you must know. What? You were just going to comment on how Pornhub accounts are free now. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay, cool. What's up? <laughs> I was just going to I was I forgot to mention. I got my, all my memberships updated this past week. <laughs> Including your Pornhub <laughs> one. Including my Pornhub. <laughs> Good for you. Fantastic. You know, if you have a creator one, you, get, you get premium for free. Oh, really? Yeah. I okay. Know. I don't know. That's that's hearsay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, back to dry fire. <laughs> Speaking of Pornhub. Um, we got. Yeah. Well, if you're fixed and you're playing with Pornhub, isn't it still dry fire? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, or seedless. So we're gonna we're gonna show some dry fire. Uh, first rule of dry fire: no live ammo in the room. So, uh, Trevor, you were making some uh, some ammo to uh, to dry fire with. I assume that's primerless nine millimeter cases. Yeah. So um, I will show it here. I'm done playing with uh, optics boxes. Yes. Now, there's something that the listeners and viewers need to be aware of when you make dummy rounds that are primerless. So let me pop a few out here. What I did was I set up the press with no powder and no primers and just resized the cases and seeded the bullets and away you go. Dummy rounds. So um, you have to pick them up to look to see that there are no primers in the pockets. But other than that, they look like the uninitiated or uneducated live ammunition. Mm -hmm. Best thing to do to really make them um, distinguishable from live cartridges is to actually drill through the case, which I will do later on this weekend at some point when I'm back in the reloading room. I just didn't have time before the show tonight. But if you drill a hole right straight through that piece of brass, you'd have to really be an umpty to think that is a live round of ammunition with a hole in the side. I'm not saying those people don't exist. They do. They breed. They vote liberal. But most people will immediately... Um, notify them or recognize them as dummies. Now, I think it's more for us to make sure that we never get these dummy rounds mixed in with our match ammo or practice ammo, you know what I mean? So we wouldn't want to be going to the range of dummy rounds when we got to go bang instead of click. I the have, other thing you need to be... I have ROed for someone who uh, who on, on the beep drew their gun, 
click and racked out a uh, a snap cap. <laughs> a snap cap. So yeah, yep. A snap cap is a different thing from a dummy round. So in case the listeners don't know the difference, there is a difference. This yeah. is a dummy round. It looks like real ammunition, but it's inert. A snap cap has a spring inside, and when the firing pin strikes the dummy primer in the snap cap, it goes forward. So you're dry firing, but your firing pin is still striking something, and it's striking something spring-loaded. So Mm -hmm. some people don't like to dry fire, and they want to make sure that the firing pin is always hitting something. So what you can do is you load your mag with nine rounds and top it off with a tenth snap cap if you're so inclined depending on your gun if you want to do just draws and mag changes no problem these are great some guys on them i like i like the dummy ones because they have way more weight than a snap cap so when you're loading that that mag it feels more natural it feels like the weight feels better yep i'm gonna come to that but one thing you need to be aware of um with these dummy rounds is that some firing pins will get stuck Right into the flash hole. How do I know I had it happen? My open gun had an extended firing pin, and it locked the gun up bad. So at the back of the um, case head where the primer would go, you can see the flash hole there, and the firing pin got right inside that flash hole and got stuck and locked the gun up. And uh, it wasn't cool. So you uh, you need to be aware of that. And really, I don't know how you find out other than you get you know if you well if you know your gun and you know your gun has an extended firing pin you might want to put the uh regular firing pin in there before you start dry firing just in case because it happened to me so it could happen to you well and the other thing to consider is like the dummies are great for practicing remedials and mag changes and that kind of thing they're not necessary for a lot of dry fire like a lot of a lot of dry fire you can just use with uh, the mag and chamber empty and just pull up and do your yeah. thing, right? So depending on what you're doing in dry fire will determine whether or not you want these dummy rounds. And like Adriel was saying, the reason he likes the dummy rounds is because when the magazine is full and in the gun and I'm handling the gun, I'm handling the same weight that I would handle on the beep at a match. So if I sit here and I do a thousand practice draws with an empty gun and then I go to the range and start drawing with a loaded gun, the weight's going to be different and it has a potential to throw off the muscle memory. So I, for one, practice my draws and my reloads with magazines filled with dummy rounds. Now, put something, depending on where you're reloading, put something on the floor. I noticed here that I was using a blanket. As a matter of fact, the blanket that you see behind me Mm -hmm. on the floor, but the mag pads, the base pads on my magazines still dinged up my floating floor in the man cave. So um, if you're dropping loaded magazines on the floor, they are going to uh, they're going to do some, some damage to the floor. I so like I like using yeah. this chair I'm sitting on. I just turn it around, and then that kind of acts as a, as a catch. It drops onto the chair. The chair's got foam on it. And then if they fall on the floor after that, yeah, big deal. It's like a the energy's feet. gone out yep. of it. That's yep. right. So now I throw a, I throw a. Uh, a cushion on the floor if I'm doing a standing mag change. Good if idea. I'm doing mag changes downstairs on the concrete, who cares? I shoot on concrete at AMA. Typically, though, we're not dropping full mags on the ground. So there are some guys that buy fresh mags every year, and there are some guys that have a dry fire set of magazines. Six, seven magazines loaded with dummy rounds all time. 
and the only thing they use those mags for is dry fire. And as long as they follow to the gun during a mag change, that's all they're concerned about. They don't care if they wear out or what happens to them. So. I would put down a thick blanket or something like that and just not abuse the heck out of them if I had, if I like, but that's because I'm cheap. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> and I don't buy full brand new sets of mags every year either. Mm hmm. Some people do like, yeah. I, you know, I only have six mags for this gun. People are like, what? What about yeah. your practice mags? What about your match mags? No, stop it. Yeah. Um, just while we're talking about, uh, uh, no live ammo. So you can make your own dummy shotgun, uh, shells. And I yep, wouldn't done know, that too. Uh, that's, that's an option. Uh, now that our dollar is so crappy, I don't even know if I should recommend these, but Brownells has these dummy shot shells and they say dummy on the side. They have yeah. a little rubber uh, a piece on the back there, which you can strike if you need to, if you want to uh, uh, take practice uh, trigger pull with your shotgun. And they've got shot in them so that the weight is nice because when you make a fake uh, shot shell, you need to get that weight uh, uh, proper in order to really reload. I mean, one of the, one of the interesting things that happens with uh, pistol mags, if you reload a pistol mag and it's, and it's full and you shwack that thing home, sometimes the slide goes forward. Now, if all you do is dry fire with empty mags, it, it it's not really as reliable, right? With uh, MMP or Shadow or something like that. Whereas with a full mag, it does it. So knowing how much force that takes uh, and knowing whether it's going to happen reliably or unreliably with your gun is is nice to know. And you're only going to get that if you have like a mag full of dummies in there. Yep. Yeah. yeah, like tonight, for some reason... One of my mags, when loaded, is not dropping out of my damn lesson. Hmm. And I still have Tim Tim's aluminum grips on here. And I thought perhaps it was the grip. So, because that's the only thing on the gun that changed. Mm -hmm. So, um, I took the grips off and tried. And sometimes it comes out. Sometimes it doesn't. Is it so, full of dummies? Take a take a empty mag. Mm -hmm. And it comes flying out of there tried that mag in my STI and it came out. The tolerances of the damn West and the STI are not the same. Hmm. This mag comes out 100%. So I got a mag that's uh, the feed lips are opened up a little bit. And I would not have known that if I didn't do some dry fire. I would have got to the range and mag number one, which all my mags are numbered. Mag number one wouldn't have come out of the gun. Pro tip, number your mags. Because if you have a malfunction, you know which mag was in the gun. It's one of the variables you can look at. And you can pull and that I always very easily. I always put my mags in the pouches in order. So I also know, okay, it happened during yeah. my third mag change. So that was mag, you know, and I go to that location. and mm -hmm. You can math it out and figure it out pretty easy to try and determine whether or not the mag is the culprit. So yeah, yeah. it's a good idea. Awesome. Uh, you were mentioning here, use apps, buy the books. Yes. So apps, um, they're, uh, not everybody has an IPSC timer, mm -hmm. but even if you do have an IPSC timer, there's m so much more you can do with dry fire with an app than you can do with an IPSC timer. Um, IPSC timers that... probably won't hear the click of your of your trigger and like a lot of them won't get down that sensitive too right right and that's not what i want to use the app for though um some uh there are some apps on your phone that are like timers and stuff but mm -hmm. uh this app is called dry fire and it's dry fire per timer 
Yeah, I got that one too. Looks and like that. at the top of the screen, it defaulted to fast draw. So I can adjust my part time. And then there's a delay in between strings. So the timer will beep. One and a half seconds later, it will beep again. And then I've got four and a half seconds to reset for the next uh, string. And then uh, it'll beep. A second and a half later, it'll beep again. And then after 10 reps, it will give me a longer tone telling me that this activity is over. Now, at the top of the screen, there are some side arrows there. The first one is fast draw. This one is fast draw with a reload. Um, IDPA, nobody cares. That's dumb. Personal choice, steel challenge. And you can um, tailor them. You can change them. You can change the name and to whatever you want. Um, and then customize the time. Yeah. So like fa fast draw with a reload. So anyway, people say dry fire is boring. Those people um, don't do dry fire with a plan. So the app has activities. You can create your own activities in the app. And um, the other thing, and this seems incredibly like common sense, every dry fire drill you do, you do three times. Freestyle, stronghand, weekend. You know how fast that burns you through your 15 minutes if you're just going to dry fire for 15 minutes? And that seems to be a number. I don't know if Ben Stagger started it, but a lot of people say 15 minutes a day, that's all you need. And I believe that if you are actually dry firing 15 minutes a day, oh man, your comfort level with handling the firearm, being safe with the firearm, your proficiency, all of that's going to go up. I think that's like most people, the match is their practice. Yeah, so, unfortunately. Yeah, if, if those people aren't interested in getting good, and if they are, they're if if they're only going to matches and they're interested in getting good, they're kidding themselves because you just don't get good by playing. Like we don't have coaches, but learning happens during the practice with the coach, and then you practice the skills you learned during practice within the context of a game. You don't learn in the game. The game is where you go demonstrate what you learned. So the match is where you go demonstrate what you learned during dry fire. Yeah, and I think yeah. So when you're you're saying 15 minutes, I think someone who practices for 15 minutes a day on dry fire, they are going to yeah. be better than the people who go to the yeah. match for their practice and very yeah. quickly. Like there's quickly. there's uh, I'm I'm sure you see it in Ipsic as well, but in in three gun we see it. Uh, some people will shoot three gun for years and like they want to get better, but they just don't. And then some mm -hmm. people will shoot for a year or two and they'll jump up every match jump up, jump up, big, big jumps to where maybe a year or two is all they need before they're shooting in with the, the best in their local club, right? Yep, absolutely. I don't dry fire enough, not nearly enough. Uh, and I mean, right now, I should be dry firing like a machine, but I'm reloading like a machine. When the reloading is done, then I, I think I'll spend my days um, shooting the bow in the basement and then dry firing. But once it gets nice, I'll be finding a parking lot and banging around with some, some of my new toys mm -hmm. until uh, the range opens. And then don't worry, I'll have lots to do on the range. We got a lot of cleanup to do. Mm -hmm. yep. So um, the other thing that, uh, so obviously then the, the Ben, the Ben Stager book right now, I don't know of a better, it's called uh, dry fire reloaded. And I don't know of a better product 
I'm not saying there isn't. I'm saying I don't know of a better product. All my buddies get, get the Ben Steger books. They're all better than me. So, you you know, there's something to be said for that. Then, um, you can order online these little laser-cut cardboard targets. Now, I've got this one color, colored blue with a blue Sharpie. It comes brown on one side, white on the other side. According to the Ipsic rulebook, white is the preferred color for steel. But the way we shoot here in Canada, a shoot target is the natural cardboard color, and a no-shoot target is white. So we don't tend to want to shoot white steel, except for one club in the province, because if it's blue, you're not allowed to shoot it. That's a club rule. So they paint all the steel in the club. You're not supposed to shoot blue, and they shoot their poppers either white or yellow. I think mm. they go with white. Anyway, our poppers are blue. So I colored this blue. Um, now, uh, these are available online from a variety of, uh, of places. And they you can figure out also by going online or looking at the book, if this target is supposed to be a 16th of the size of a real target, then if you stand this many feet away, you're supposed to be this many meters away. It's scaled down and yeah. a ratio. This is an Ipsic mini target. And these are a lot easier to come by and probably free if you're polite and ask a match director if you could have one to take home. Um, or and if you know Kelly, I got a ton of them in my my garage. They're um, they're still scaled down, right? And yeah. in the game of Ipsic, the mini target is used to represent distance. So darn, you know, this stage would be awesome if I had 20 meter shots. This bay is not 20 meters long, so I'll use mini targets at 10 call it good mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. in your house you can back up from this mini target four or five yards and it'll still represent seven yep. or ten yards on a regular size target so um, have something that you're aiming at while doing dry fire and dry fire is used to reinforce the fundamentals sight picture has to be perfect your trigger press has to be perfect the more that you do perfect practice the more that it's going to be ingrained into your self-conscious and it'll translate into the real world on the range so if you don't see a perfect sight picture don't press off the shot in the beginning in the beginning you can build up some speed and accept good enough later on mm -hmm. but you're really in the beginning if you're new and you're dry firing what you're practicing is practicing doing everything perfect because your brain doesn't know it's practice your brain just knows you're doing things perfect so that's where the emphasis should be make sure that you know don't press the trigger if you don't have a good sight picture so that you kind of become trained to only press the trigger when you get a good sight picture um i think that's all i've got all right real uh yeah i, I want to do a little bit of three gun specific stuff uh you've got the pistol stuff done and i, I would argue that uh, that someone who is doing practice for ipsic pistol is overqualified for the kind of pistol shooting we do in three gun because the shots typically aren't as challenging. Uh, targets are usually closer, bigger, easier to hit. It's usually like hoser stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But the other stuff's a little bit harder. Uh, one th one thing, and I, I've talked about it on the show before, is uh, is practicing shotgun reloading because so many people do it poorly. That is a it is a good place to uh, to make up time uh, and to beat other people, I guess you could say. Uh, and there's really a couple things that I would really recommend people try from home. Uh, uh, one of them is uh, is practicing their match saver uh, because that match saver should be a smooth second and a half load. 
Uh, and the only time you get into trouble is when it's not smooth. <laughs> so you should be able to, from your hand, pull up here, like grab that uh, that shell, sweep it into the port, and then hit the button on the way out. And that should be a second and a half at most. I mean, if you get really fast with it, you're gonna you're gonna get way faster than that. But you should be able to do it reliably. Um, I've seen too many people where they get to the end, like, oh, oh, they're looking at the empty empty port. What do I do now? What do I do? And they grab the shell and they fumble it and they go, if it goes in backwards, well, then that's, uh, that's bad, but it should just be uh, a nice quick pop in, hit the button and uh, and off you go. And you should be able to do that, uh, on command, uh, and, and get some reps in there. So that's one thing to, uh, to practice. Uh, another thing with shotgun is, uh, practicing. If you can, you got the time right now over the winter practice strong hand and weak hand reloading because uh, they, a good idea that each of them has an advantage uh weak hand reloading uh is great if you can pop it down and it's good for some angles you can you can pull the shotgun a little bit to your left or you can run it straight uh practice your quad loads so you should be able to strip out four and then get those four into the gun very quickly uh, that's your weak hand reload, and then your strong hand reload. I'll go come down for for that. Your strong hand reload is like this, and uh, and that you should be able to do as well, reloading with your strong hand. So uh, the best three gun shooters can do either of those on command when they need to, and they use mm-hmm. it as the situation de- uh, determines. So uh, you should be able to use it. There's like sometimes you'll be uh, underneath something and you can't use that strong hand because it'll put your shotgun barrel into the ground. That would be a good thing to uh, to know what to do about, right? So if you if you can only do one of those, practice the other one and uh, and get that into play. Uh, and that's that's gonna that's gonna get you way way further ahead. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention is with rifle being able to shoot positionally. Oh. Adriel, can we can we go back shotgun for a second? Yeah, sure. Yeah, everything you showed for shotgun was correct and really cool for 1990. Now let me show you how people reload shotguns today. <laughs> just, just so you you know, I'm just just saying. Carry on now. Always the same side if you're going to do that, right? The strong hand weekend. What are you talking about? I always just grab the one from the magazine. I grab this big stick mag. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Putting other... shells in one at a time is for the pours. Yeah. Yes. And it turns out I got these set up wrong, actually. So I put these... Um, Chad sent me these clips, which are awesome. Yeah. yeah. But I put them in my belt this way. Mm-hmm. Right? Let me stand up again here. So I take the mag off the belt. You have to flip it. Yep. Right? Now, what if the mag was on the belt, shells up? Boom. No flipping. Saving a half second. Yeah. So I I've see... got some double-sided tape on order when it comes in. I'm ripping them all off and redoing them. Yeah. I Just see different people... straight from the belt into the gun. I see p- different people doing different things with their shotgun mags. It's mostly on like a space-based uh, thing. So if you've got a lot of uh, girth around the middle, you'll have room to like space those those magazines appropriately. If you don't, I got a, I got a buddy of mine who's got like a 20-inch waist and is like... His he had to home make some of his stuff because you cannot run a three gun belt setup with a twenty inch waist. It's just he he ended up using some Kevlar to, or not Kevlar twenty uh, inch Kydex wow Kydex to uh, to make like uh, this four pistol mag fan out holder thing just because couldn't fit it otherwise couldn't possibly fit it all. That's embarrassing. Yeah, 
the other thing that I want to mention that I, I think more people need to practice is positional uh, shooting with their rifle. And I would yep. specifically focus on resting, resting next to a wall and being able to. So mm. in three gun, you can touch the walls. In Ipsic, a lot of times you can't touch walls if they're outside of the uh, uh, shooting area. But in three gun, there's no such. So uh, with three gun, I would really recommend people test out grabbing uh, uh, surfaces. Here would be a good a good time to use a, a printed miniaturized size target to, to simulate long range. You should be able to, standing, look through your scope and make that shot on that 300 yard target. Just standing, just by holding on to something next to you. Uh, similarly, you should try kneeling, you should try uh, cross-legged, and you should be able to uh, make those hits because that's what you're going to have to do on the clock. And I hate seeing people go up next to a wall and do something like this, grab it and then put their rifle on top. Uh, like that is tick, not, tick, tick, is tick, not tick, tick, tick. steady. You need to be able to make that Y with your, with your finger, grab onto it and then hang on to that, uh, that piece of wood and, uh, and be steady with it. You're not uh, used to it. You're not going to be fast with it. Oh man, so I want to go shoot it. this thing. I forgot how awesome this gun is. <laughs> I picked it up. I was like, Oh, my space cat space shotgun. Um, I would recommend both sides of the wall. Yes, yep. this this is the easiest one for a righty. Go on to that other side. That's a little bit tougher of a grab, but you should yep. know how to grab that that uh, that wall and uh, and hold on to it. The rest of it, like uh, the rest, is uh, um, like I said. I, th- I think you'll get you'll either get it from the Ipsic practice that Trevor was talking about, or the Maple Seed practice that. Uh, that Kelly's talking about. So you can lean on some walls in Ipsic. Yes, that's. I was saying most, like many most. times, the walls are outside the shooting zone, and then therefore you can't touch them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Most people don't know that rule. Good for you. It's a silly rule. It is. If the wall's there, I should be able to just ram myself into that wall and shoot right off of it. That's that's right. Yeah, if that's I want to be dumb, let me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kelly. Yep. Do you want to talk about so- yeah, we can talk about maple seed a little bit. So both Trevor and Adriel talked about rifles, pistols. I'm going to talk about our uh, shotguns, and I'm going to talk a little bit about maple seed and basically what you should be doing at home to get ready for a maple seed. Not specifically dry firing. You can do yoga. that. <laughs> yeah, yoga. So a couple of recommendations before I get into specifics are go to the YouTube channel and check out the the videos that we have there because it's going to tell you what you need for maple seed. Every so time I forget about my sling, that's where I go. Yep. So it talks, about, it talks about uh, scopes versus iron sights. So you can buy some scopes or you can keep your iron sights or tech sights, whatever you whatever you want to do with that. Talks about ammo, how to choose the right ammo. And it also talks about slings too. Um, basically how to make one, set one up, uh, different things like that. If you actually go there and you decide that you want to purchase a maple seed sling, we have them now in stock in store. So go to our website, mapleseedrifleman.com. Uh, maple is this a commercial? Are yeah, you trying it is. to sell stuff? Okay. Yeah. So, and go and buy a sling because you're going to need a sling to actually um, make a maple seed. And mm-hmm. if you purchase it and get sent to you, then you can practice getting into the sling because you've watched the video as well. So that's one of the things that I want people to do prior to coming to the event. I'm not going to show you how to get into sling or anything tonight, um, but there's a couple of things that you can practice in order to get you ready for an event. Or if you've already been to an event, you can practice these so that it's going to be um, 
quicker for you because uh, you have a couple of stages, uh, stage two and three, which are time stages where you have to do a whole bunch of things. And you're going to get into positions that are kind of uncomfortable. But if you can practice these positions and find out which works for you, basically, in your downtime, then you're going to be able to actually get into those positions quite quickly. We find a lot of times people, when they do transition, they actually lose a lot of time because they are uncomfortable and they don't know how to actually get into them. So the first thing I'd like you guys to do is actually get a target, put it on a wall, and put it about two feet up. And that way you can actually focus on that target when you're doing your dry firing or whatever you're going to be doing. Um, the next thing that I want you guys to do is um, practice the seated or kneeling positions because we have four of them. We have your cross-legged, which is basically like sitting in uh, Indian style, for lack of a politically correct term. Um, and practice that while you're doing things. Like, for example, if you're watching TV or if you're actually folding laundry, we actually I tell people to do it, you know, if I'm talking to women or whoever, if you're doing laundry or whatever. You know, sit with your legs crossed and it'll be comfortable for you. Um, you can do, um, the next one is crossed ankles. And then we have open leg and we have kneeling. And kneeling is basically the one that we see most people get into first. It's the quickest one to get into, but the other ones are going to be more stable. So try them out. Um, see, you know, as I said, practice them because if you can practice them, it means that you're going to be basically almost like yoga. Um, you make yourself more flexible, limber, and it's going to be more comfortable for you. And it's going to be more familiar to you as well. Um, then what I want you to do with that is I want you to start. So once you've actually become comfortable with those positions, um, those four positions or, or pick one, uh, I want you to start with uh, standing up and then dropping down into whatever position that you're choosing that way, because again, we in stage two and three, we take you from a standing position and then we get you into a seated position or the kneeling position, and then you start shooting. So again, get into those comfortable um, transitioning and then you're actually going to save time as well. So, um, and then when you go from standing to your seated, then I want you to graduate onto your standing to your prone position. And you can do this in your basement, in your hallway, wherever you want to do as well. Um, so that's going to get you comfortable with transitioning. And the next thing that I want you to do is actually um, take some empty magazines and put them down beside you and kind of make almost like we call it nesting, like make a nest or in your area around you. Um, that way you can actually, so when you go from your standing position to your prone position, you're going to actually drop into that position and establish where you are. And then you're going to be able to take your mags and then you, if you were on the line, you'd be inserting them in your, into your rifle. You need to be able to actually set things up and get familiar with them and get comfortable with them so that you can repeat it. It's muscle memory, basically. So once you've actually done that, what you can do is you can actually start doing your dry firing, trigger practicing, one of the things that we have is this thing here. It's called a trigger trainer. We give these out at Maple Seeds. People were wondering, where's these trigger trainers you're talking about? It's a freaking pen is what it is. So <laughs> you can um, you can actually start um, using a trigger trainer. Trigger trainer is basically what we want you to do is uh, take your, your trigger finger and take the fleshy part of your trigger finger and you place it on the top of your pen. And what you want to do is you want to take a, a nice, smooth, slow, steady press on your pen. It's basically taking up the slack and you hear the click. And what you do is you hold the trigger back. So you let it stay basically. And what this does is it allows time for the bullet to exit the barrel. And then you ride the reset to a slow and you hear it click. And then you start it again. 
Basically, what we get people to do at a maple seed is we get them to start doing some trigger training. And you can do this, by the way, anywhere as I do it at work. And it's trigger practice, trigger squeeze. Um, what you can do with this is uh, you can, once you've actually become familiar and nice, slow, steady squeeze, and you hold trigger back, etc., and you keep repeating it, then you can actually do uh, this on the line with an empty rifle. You have to make sure, or you can do this in your basement with an empty rifle. Again, you make sure that um, there's no ammunition, anything around you. You can have your magazines, but you ensure that they are actually empty. 1022s, by the way, are okay to dry fire, um, but other... Um, Rifles, uh, you might want to actually use a magazine and insert snap caps or, or dummy rounds or what have you. So basically take the rifle, um, sit cross-legged if you can, if you can't, whatever other position, uh, the either the open leg or the cross ankle. Uh, lay the rifle across your, um, across your legs uh, with the um, barrel pointed at the uh, target that you set up and then actually take that same trigger finger and basically use whatever you've just done with your trigger trainer. So take up the slack, click, right, and ride the reset. And then you can use your other hand, so your support side hand, you can use that to cycle the action and or a bolt if you have a bolt as well. So that's actually how you um, do dry fire practice with a... Um, a 1022. Uh, one of the things that we also talk about is knowing your rifle. Make sure that you put the same or the right amount of pressure or poundage on the trigger. Figure out how much weight you need to put on your trigger. Because if you have like I do and I have a too many trigger in my 1022, it's one and a half pounds. If I'm putting 10 pounds of force on this trigger, it's going someplace else. I only need to put a pound and a half on this trigger. So just understand how much um, weight is on your trigger, basically. Um, going back to, so you've now actually done some dry fire on your rifle. What you can do is now get into the position, whatever it is, into its stable position, whether it's prone or it's your seated position, and then start actually inserting magazines and removing the magazines. Those are empty, by the way. Um, so insert, um, um, eject, insert a new one, eject, and keep doing that. And that's the other thing that we see with those transition and time stages is we have a magazine change in the middle of them. And that's where people actually also start to panic is because they have to insert their magazine. They have to actually fire off a couple of shots. They have to eject a magazine and put a new one. And it's basically muscle memory and just keep practicing it. It's one thing that I did almost every single day when I was um, trying to actually um, obtain my rifleman patch is I actually, I did all of this. I transitioned, I got into the positions and I started inserting just magazines that were empty and injecting them, putting new ones in, injecting it. And it's just basically muscle memory over and over and over again. That's actually how you're going to get really good at those transitioning stages. And, you know, you won't freak out with the time. So those are some of the recommendations I have. That's it. Cool. Thanks, Kelly. Yep. Yeah, there we go. There's a bunch of different dry fire things you can do while you're uh, stuck in your house and bored. Uh, listener feedback on Facebook. Was there anything that we haven't got that uh, is kind of interesting we should pull up? Uh, mm -hmm. I think we've been getting to them. Yep. Yep, yep. I invited uh, Tim to come on. We're going to take over. Like now? 
No, 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 no. I was going to ask him to come on tonight because um, I know that he he's studied those books and does a lot of dry fire. Mm-hmm. Probably dry fires more than anybody I know. And mm-hmm. uh, he would have been a cool Tim Thomas from Nova Scotia. Oh, hi, Tim Thomas. But uh, it was too short notice, and I figured uh, he wouldn't be available, but he ended up watching anyway. So, Oh, he should come on. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll do one specific in, uh, at some point just for Ipsic. Perfect. This was, uh, we touched upon multiple disciplines. We can do one in more in-depth for Ipsic and then maybe one more in-depth for the other ones as well. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Listener feedback. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot-blowing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. And he also has AR-10 mags, if you're looking for those. Uh, I <laughs> happen to know. <laughs> Does he still have a lot, or did you buy them all? I did not buy them all. He still had more. So okay. if you're looking for the uh, 1010s, he's got some of them. All right. Uh, Trevor, do you want to take this first one here? From Josh. Hey, Slamfire folks. I have two questions for you. After listening uh, for Doug Ford talk about bringing manufacturing back to Ontario in the news today, I got wondering what Canadian firearms manufacturers would be supporting. We should be supporting. We should be supporting. Right. There we go. That didn't sound right. I got wondering uh, what Canadian firearms manufacturers we should be supporting. I mean, truly Canadian made, not imported and branded as Canadian. And that is a thing. He's not wrong. Mm-hmm. For my second question, are restricted firearm transfers still taking place in Canada? Is it a bad time to purchase a new restricted? So if you're purchasing from a store, you're fine. Purchasing from an individual, there's some snafus. The Canadian Firearm Center is apparently open. The, um, mm-hmm. the call center, the 1-800-731-4000, that's the firearm center. That'll either get you to Ottawa or the Miramichi. But many provincial CFOs offices are are closed. So the when you initiate a transfer, you do it through the 800 number at the firearm center, and they verify your licenses and whatnot. And then one of the last things they always say, at least to me during my calls, is we will now forward this to the CFO for final approval. Yeah. So if the CFO is, all, is closed, how can they do the final approval? So the whole thing's screwed up. Is it a bad time to purchase a restricted? It all depends. How quickly do you want it? Mm-hmm. Thank they're you still, for the. I, I was just going to say they're still processing a few of them. They're just doing it really, really slowly. Mm-hmm. I do you know well, that this, some of them they? are. They're, some of the CFOs are working from home. Oh, and I've mm. talked. I've talked to people who are, yeah. who are getting transfers done. It's just yeah, they had, my brother they had to call in like ten times before they got yeah. they got through. Yeah. And ha- okay, so and and um, so your your brother had a transfer go through be completed, yep. Kelly, during this time. Yeah. So he bought a. Um, Glock 22 pistol. Mm-hmm. And he got it. Yep. Excellent. Okay. So there you go. Transfers are happening. Yeah, still. Thanks for the extra shows. I hope you keep them coming. Uh, by the way, I listened to episode number one the other day, and to answer Trevor's question, the best thing to shoot is a fr- <laughs> is fresh cow shit. <laughs> Splatters all over the place, and it's always good for a laugh. Fact. Josh from Saskatchewan. <laughs> That's good, Josh. Like original yeah. episode one? Probably. That would have been shooting the breeze. Yeah. We so should the name didn't have to. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, go back to uh, who should we be supporting? Uh, Kdex, uh, MDT. They're Canadian. Kdex and yep. MDT are Trust truly Canadian. IBI yep. is truly Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Maple Ridge Armory is truly yep. Canadian. Uh, Matador Arms is truly Canadian. Um, mm. I mean, there's there's some company, Maple Ridge, uh, or not Maple Ridge, um, Alberta Tactical. Yep. You know, they turn mm-hmm. blocks of aluminum into guns. Um, Maccabee Defense, they turn blocks of aluminum into guns. So these are these are truly manufacturing companies. They're they're turning raw materials into finished Canadian made products. Yep. So uh but just because somebody is not doesn't mean I wouldn't necessarily support them either. Like I would still buy Chinese ammo from Canada ammo. I would, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like Russian you, gas masks from Denis. I don't know. Yeah, and if you can support more of the local gunsm- uh, gunny or gun retailer, do that. But you know, instead of like Cabela's or whatever, but Cabela's still there too. If you need to go, go. Right. But, but I'm just yeah. saying, Cabela's doesn't need your money so much as DC Armory does, and correct. Ships, right. Right. Like, mm-hmm. He sold seven pounds of Argot to a customer in Ontario. He sold, you know, like you, he goes to the post office every day or every other day. So uh, you can't go to the shop right now. You know, you can pay by credit card, uh, process through the website, over the phone, EMTs, EMTs. whatever, man. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. So. Cool. Some of the other listeners, um, PGW. Oh, yeah. uh, ATRS, we said. Yeah, Prairie Gunworks. Um, TNA. Calgary Shooting Center, of course. Come on. But he did say manufacturers. So we do yeah. have some Canadian manufacturers. MDT, Matador, IBI, Maple Ridge, Alberta Tactical, Maccabee Defense. These guys are turning raw raw material into finished products. So those are just a few. Apologize to anybody I missed. Not my area of expertise. I, I don't have an area of expertise. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Kelly, do you want to take this one from uh, James? Okay, so do we want to? Cu- Who's laughing, by the way? Is that Me, you, Trevor? Okay, yeah, he has three emails, by the way. All for you. So, thank you, I appreciate it. So it says, "Good luck." I need it. <laughs> Anyways, March twenty fourth. We already read parts of this, but I think we have to read the whole thing so they I cover. Concur. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, March 24th, midweek podcast was a real doozy. I was working with Shure earphones in, listening to my 17th favorite podcast. Thank you, by the way, for, um, you know, at least we're not 18th, uh, Slam Fire Radio. And oh boy, at the end of the podcast, I was ready for the world to end. My panic set in. Blood pressure up, check. Head running million miles a minute, check looking around and seeing normal looking people being sketchy like meth heads in downtown miramichi check i was not prepared as well as i should be time to make a list of the three g's groceries gears and guns i was concerned about trevor's well-being and i had no time to contact trevor and ask how he's doing figured the rcmp would check on him <laughs> soon enough and i would hear about it on Slamfire's news section uh fast forward a week off the rocker on edibles uh cursing and swearing on the podcast because he doesn't own a bike laugh my ass off frosty i was not on edibles on the podcast when i'm on edibles i'm on the coach not on the podcast yeah 
on, uh, sorry, uh, Ross did a great job on the editing and the go button moment. Trevor, like all New Brunswickers, residents, residents don't need a bike. They need a car to get groceries and anything. Everything 15 minutes with no traffic. I'm down to seven with all the unnecessary people staying at home. That's his kids, by the way. It's freaking awesome. Wish people would stay home more often. Uh, when you arrive from out of province, the sign should read, Welcome to Mer- New Br- Welcome to New Brunswick, where driving is a right, not a privilege. <laughs> I, live, I, li- I live there, and it's true. You need a car everywhere. It's not like you're from the big city. Anyways, okay. Uh, I'm glad you're okay, Trevor, or are you? Dun, 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 dun. So that was basically enough. Uh, I preface this question as asking for a friend. Uh, question bug out options on AR style assault rifles, uh, firearms. Uh, do you take? Okay, this is getting, I don't know. I'll have to. Disjointed? Do your best, yeah. Kelly. Do your best. <laughs> Can do it two ways government gone chaos, or they think they are in power, but nobody is listening. And he says Syria. AR or non restricted AR, 223, 308, or 300 blackout. Um, lengths and optics. Basically, I think he's asking us. So what's your guys' setup? What do you take and the reasons why? Do you want to answer that now or do you want me to just... just No, let's do it now. Yeah. So, um, again, the question was dependent upon the without rule of law scenario. Yeah, basically, government is just gone. It's chaos, mass hysteria, no rules, no nothing. How many of you take, Kelly? Or people are not listening, and it's like Syria. You said you make, can take whatever one. the heck you want. Make, make it or, one oh, because it's, 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 it's going to be one. a choice. Air yeah. ten. I'll go Air fifteen. I do Air fifteen too. Air fifteen because yep. I can carry more ammo, and uh, it'll do a deer, and yep. I have more mags. Yep. That's Did lighter. You? I think it's lighter. I don't know. I should weigh mine. Mine's probably heavier, it, actually. It, what do you material. have? What do you have on your AR-10? Me I Trevor. have um, a nineteen-inch. Uh, it's a um, Viper PST Gen Two, five to twenty-five, first focal plane, illuminated reticle. Um, up close, a little sketchy, but I don't want anybody to be close to me. No. They and can still hit them if they're up close. So just ten rounds is ten rounds. Sure. Yeah, I don't have uh, a ton of mags, but like my AR-15, they're all ten round mags. Actually, I don't have any five round pin mags for this. I have plenty of five round pin mags for my AR-15s. You also don't um, have a chest rig that'll work with your AR-10 because the mags. No. Are you're too right. Big. I don't. This is why I want to take two guns. I want an AR-15. I want... Okay, there it is. Uh, screw you. I'm, I'm, it's like five guns. Dude, I got a Glock 17 <laughs> on my hip. Mm-hmm. I got an FX9 that uses what? Glock mags. Same ammo as the Glock 17. You see a little... Yeah, I see. On here, yeah. right? Then I want the um, the AR-10 that I'm building, or the uh, AR-15 rather than a building. Actually, no, I think I would go with my, uh, my modern sporter because of the uh, the optic and the lightweight. Um, so I've got the Air 10, the Modern Sporter, the FX9, and the Glock. Oh, and my 590A1. Those would be the last guns I ever get rid of. 
That's, so, a, that's a lot. I would just take this one right here and I'd be done. Uh, different guns for AR-15. different jobs, though. No, yeah, you're right. Use that one for everything. So, Whatever you can do with an AR-15, you can do with an AR-10. Only better. Heavier. Yeah. Less Heavy. ammo. No, no vest for it. Just AR-15. 1022 for, like, rabbits. Whatever. <laughs> no. I'm serious. Just Take down 22. A takedown 22 would be nice because that you can back yeah, 12 gauge. That's 12 true. gauge because you can shoot everything from rabbits to moose. Okay. Mm. One right. platform, different ammo. Only downside, slow load. Shotguns are so versatile. And shells well, are so bulky. Yeah. I know, but what am I alone walking through the desert here? Am I in Walking Dead? All right, fine. AR 15 yeah. or even sub 2000 with real ammo. Not mm-hmm. sub 2000. Oh my God, bite my tongue. FX9. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Adriel, let's compare 308 to 6.5. And now say it with me it's quantity, not quality. One more time. Adriel, you have the show notes, so you have to say it with me. Quantity, quantity not, not quality. quality. <laughs> Case in point uh, the Mach 31, Trevor Skippy sub MOA steps, what? To make more ammunition. Or just in case. Okay, can you explain that? What okay. does that mean? Trevor was skipping some of his steps because oh, he, okay. our, he was mentioning our... it on one of the last podcasts. He's reloading, but he's not yeah, yeah. uniform with primer of holes. He's just right. Okay, so Trevor, comma skipped. Anyways, yes. Okay, I got it. Grammar, because grammar. <laughs> when he when he listens to us read. Does he just sit back with his feet up and a yeah, beer and laugh his ass that's off? That's why he said good luck. <laughs> All right. Plus 6.5. Creedmoor is not a real caliber. A couple of boxes at Cabela's is does n- not make a real caliber, Frosty. <laughs> is this decisions need to be made, and I will listen to your answers and probably discard them. This is true. Um, question, he says... How do you communicate after the shit hits the fan if the cell phone communication is gone back to the old smoke signals? And that's actually a really good question. You know, a lot of people are signing up for online shortwave radio courses and ham yeah, radio licenses. Ammo, so. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they are. Um, okay. Amy just did. Yep. All right. And it's actually true. I've, I've been hearing that too. Um, okay. So I can see showing up at Trevor's, Trevor's Barrel fortress and probably going to get shot, he said. He will use the three S's on me. Shoot, shovel, and shut up. Write that down, by the way. Thanks. There is there is actually um, a code for approaching my place during a without rule of law to ensure you don't get shot. Aklachi knows it. He actually we were having a conversation the other night. If if he has to, he's gonna bug out here. Yeah. And he, he immediately said, and I will do this upon approach. I'm like, oh, dude, you remembered. Good Trevor, for you. I brought the scotch. <laughs> <laughs> You're in. <laughs> yeah. The Cubans, the ammo, and the scotch. I have cigars and scotch. Let yeah. me in. <laughs> I smoked my last cigar today. It was a Cuban from Muffin. And yeah, so now I don't care. Even if you have a, uh, if you get, if you have a temperature, I don't care. <laughs> uh, you can come in with cigars. All right. He says, P.S. Check out the Quick Dick McDick on YouTube, a Saskatchewan farmer that will give you a toonies worth of advice because two cents does not really go that far today. And look up the difference between Saskatchewan Yank and the Saskatchewan Tug. Cheers, 
games be. Risk all right. click. Not going to look up risky. any of those things. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. So email number two, it says, I found the episode that Matthew told us that he wanted to quit. That's quit, by the way. And it's all your fault, Trevor. Within the first two minutes, you start him down the path. Shame on you. It's episode armed and da- armed and responsible. Reasonable. I think this reasonable. Sorry. Uh, 185. And, it's, and he signs off by saying, boo ga glue. Boo-a-glue. Boo-a-glue. All right. So we should go back and listen to that one. 185. That was a long time ago. I don't even think Adriel and I were on the show, were we? I might have been. 384. We're at three. What? A, I don't know what we're at now. What is time? 349. Yeah. Email number three. Listening to old episodes. Holy crap. He has nothing to do really, does he? Okay. Listening to old episodes. And you really need to get Ken Nelson back on to talk about the hard as hell. Thanks. Mm. Trevor, tell me the story with Matt about with that you had pictures. Okay. Trevor, tell me the story with Matt oh, man. that you had pictures and notes on the front veranda from a stalker. Oh, All okay. Right. So Matt got a new cell phone number. Okay. And he sent me a text and uh, wouldn't tell me who it was. And he started to act stalkerish, and I think may have said he was a listener of the show. And then he recruited Christina. Oh, God. And Christina started leaving notes in my mailbox from the stalker. But then I get a text from Matthew going, did you like my note? Not knowing it was Matthew. At that point, I'm like, oh, stay strapped or get clapped. What's going on? (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. So before we go any further, Russ, uh, he says, if the government uh, goes for hell, who is going to keep pins in their mags? Because somebody said, are we fine? Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, because yeah. the law is still the law, even when the government folds. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's it for uh, James. James, thank you for all, all the emails. Cool. We'll go back and listen to 185. Trevor, do you want to take this one from Nathan? From Nathan. Hey, guys. Been listening to the show for a while now and love it. It's nice to have a show from Canadians giving their perspective. I just have a couple of questions for you guys. First things first, with the uh, first things first, you first thing first, you with the 92X performance, out you guys said. Just paraphrase it. Paraphrase it. Can we try and edit these before we copy and paste? Uh, That's what we used to do in CRR. Uh, It's funnier this way. Okay. All right. First things first. Uh, with the 92X performance out, you guys said you still said you wouldn't use a Beretta for competition. And right. I would like to know how come there have been some amazing shooters who have been using Berettas for competition for years and for good reason. They're very accurate. They're reliable. And they're a nice, soft shooting gun. But why wouldn't you use a Beretta or... If you had to, what would you do to it to make it better? All right. So um, some of the pro shooters are using it or using it because they're getting paid. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And you could stick anything in their hands and they would probably do awesome. Right. Um, why wouldn't I use it? Because for production, you're taking a duty gun. You're taking an F-150 and trying to turn it into Dale Earnhardt's NASCAR race car. Or you could just go buy Jeff Gordon's race car. Right. 
it's a duty gun that they're trying to turn into a race gun. There are factory-made race guns. That's why I wouldn't use it. I think the Berettas are just too expensive. Okay. If I, if I can get a Shadow 2 for 1200 bucks yep. new, why would I right. pay two grand for a, a Beretta 92X? Excellent point. They've done a lot. So what would I do if I did shoot one? Well, I would I would replace the springs to um, give it a better trigger pull. And mm-hmm. I would do all the changes to the sights and ergonomics that they have done. But it would still have, um, yes, it's accurate. Yes, it's reliable. And all I just, want all those things. Reliable and oh, accurate enough, though. Right. I want reliability and I want accurate in a duty gun. It's got an aluminum frame, so it's light. So it's not the worst thing in the world to have to carry all day. Great carry gun. I would carry one. I'd carry one. I'd carry the hell out of one. I have no problem carrying a Beretta. Um, but for competition, I wouldn't use it because there are better alternatives for less money. Um, second question. I live in the southern Ontario, and for deer season, we we're only allowed to use shotgun. So I was kind of looking at getting a bolt-action shotgun. I heard the, that they are more accurate and can shoot further. Both wrong. Mm-hmm. So the accuracy has nothing to do with the action. The how far they can shoot has to do with the type of ammunition that you select. So I was wondering if you guys know if this is if this is true. No, it's not. Um, if there are any advantages to a bolt over a pump, no, none. The bolt is the slowest, awkwardest moving um, shotgun. The only advantage, if there is one, is if your bolt has a detachable magazine and you carry extra magazines on you and you do mag changes rather than filling a tube. Uh, any thanks for answering my questions and keep up the great work. You guys have any comments on the bolt action versus anything else? I'm trying to think like, so we, I don't mm. have that. There's no such law like that in Alberta here. So I don't look at it. Like when I see deer people, season? when I see people running, uh, uh, rifled barrels with Sabo slugs and that kind of thing in a shotgun, I kind of think to myself, this is just a, a workaround for some mm-hmm. stupid government law that shouldn't yep. be there. Because realistically, yeah. just let it just let people run forty five seventies and three hundred eights and whatever, yep. and those are all ballistically superior to uh, stupid. I don't know what shotgun. he's yeah, because deer season here, you can actually use a rifle. So I don't. It know It depends on what part of the province yeah. you're in, and there's yeah. sometimes there's there's muzzle loader only, there's shotgun only. Well, it depends. Only, yeah, so zones. there so it depends on the time of the year that he's and where you are and where you are. Like yeah. we have crossbow season here, we have muzzle loader, and we have but we do have rifle season. So I'm kind of going. Maybe he's so where he is where he is. There's a shotgun only portion of the season. Right. So it'd be and, interesting to see where he is because I'm in south south southern Ontario as well. So. Like important I'm part here so, is that a bolt action shotgun is not a yeah, thing you want to do. Right. Not to mention the fact that I don't know if anybody's currently producing one, so you're going to be buying an old Warren old Mossberg. So there uh, you go. Savage had a bolt action too, right? Did they? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I would stay away from it. So poor choice in guns and shotguns, Nathan. But thanks for writing anyway, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's right. see where you that are. Means Adriel has Spencer's. Yes, I did that on purpose. Uh, Yay! Yes, too, by the way. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I don't know if any of you have invested in a, Ber- a Berkey water filter system, but when it comes to having large amounts of clean, safe water available in your house, they are hard to beat. They kind of look like a big uh, silver coffee urns you would see at church socials and such as a kid. Mm. They have two sections, although you only split them uh, for cleaning. 
The bottom part has a spigot and holds purified water. The top part is where you pour the unfiltered water in. They use big ceramic-looking filters, which are expensive but last for years. I've had my unit for over a decade and only swapped the filters once, and even then I just cleaned the old ones and stored them as backups. The systems come in a bunch of sizes, from 2 gallons or uh, to 6 or so, but they all use the same filter elements. My unit can have 2 or 4 filters, depending on the flow rate you're trying to maintain. I've had mine for about 10 years now, and I use it every day for my drinking water. It just sits next to the sink, and I keep it filled with a sprayer hose. In an emergency, I could also put the pure, uh, unfiltered water from the pond down the street through it and just get just as good as water. That would clog the filters faster, though, unless I pre-filtered it through cheesecloth or coffee filters. Hmm. I do have some water storage, so I probably should use that first before heading down to the pond with a bucket, but it works that well. Anything yep. that filtered through it would be safe to drink. That's it for now. Hope everyone is well. Spencer. P.S. We need to have Owen back on. I bet Comfrey cures coronavirus. <laughs> uh, number two. Hey, guys. Hope you're all well. The last few episodes, you guys were talking about PC games, and I really had to feel uh, I had to put my two cents in. From what I'm hearing, Adriel seems to game like a 14-year-old, running around a shared battlefield like a loon, shooting Russian 12-year-olds in the face. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's hardly the peak of PC gaming experience. I have two games for you that are both Apocalypse themes, uh, themed and require thought and skill, not just the reflex, uh, reflexes of a tween. The first one is probably my favorite game of all time, Fallout New Vegas. The whole Fallout franchise is set in a sort of alternative history version of the world that looks like what you'd see in 1950s science fiction magazine. It's set in the western United States, and while the graphics are kind of dated now, it captures that feel. It incorporates a lot of real places in Utah, Nevada, and Arizona, and is an open-world game, which means you can go in any direction you want to on a map just about any time. Uh, the thing I like about Fallout New Vegas is that the devs really got into their guns. Sure, they have some made-up energy weapons, but the bread and butter really is the firearms. Everything from 1911s and Thompson submachine guns to AR-15s and M1 Garands. Almost every gun has different modifications you can make, like adding scopes, suppressors, improved triggers, etc., and if that wasn't enough, there's a full suite of reloading available, allowing you to make custom ammunition with different properties. The storyline's good, although certainly not Dickens. Uh, the quests are fun, and the characters that you Funny. can recruit as companions are all very well done. And because it's been around for a while, there are a bunch of excellent mods for it that can really improve the game a lot. The second game I can recommend is The Long Dark. This is a Canadian guy, uh, game set in Adriel's neck of the woods, it seems. They don't actually say, but it seems west and north. Uh, in the sandbox mode, you're basically just trying to survive after your plane goes down due to a freak electrical event of some kind. You're completely alone, except for wolves, bears, rabbits, and assorted other wildlife. You constantly run across deserted cabins, camps, or even whole towns. You have to maintain your calories, your water, your body temp, all the while trying to set up shelters and amass enough supplies to not starve or freeze or die from disease. Again, the graphics aren't anything to write home about, but they work fine, and the sound design is incredible. It's completely immersive. And you really do feel like you're out in the woods or trudging across a frozen marsh. There's also a story mode that they added in a year or two back and is constantly evolving, but the real game is simply trying to survive. The first time you almost die in a blizzard, but manage to, manage to you will feel amazing. Managed to make it, maybe. Uh, one note, though, when you die in this game, it's over. You start over all again from scratch. <laughs> That's not as bad as it sounds, just because... Like any newbie trapped out in the Arctic without supplies, tools, or even decent clothes, you'll die a lot in the beginning. When you finally yep. get to the point when you can have a permanent shelter, a stock of food and water, and your trusty Enfield, you will feel like you accomplished something. And you did. 
So rather than spending your first pandemic getting domed by rabid 12-year-olds from foreign places, spend some time in either post-apocalypse Las Vegas or post-rapture Canada. Trust me, you'll have a lot more fun. Spencer. P.S. Trevor, drones are cool. RC cars? Really? Hmm. Right, yes, Trevor, really. drones are cool. RC cars? Really? Yes. Hmm. Really? Drones are, drones are cool. I would put they both of cool. them in the same category. Drones and RC, they're they're all remote control, electronic, drive them around kind of things, right? Yep. That, yeah. Yes, that's exactly how it works. That's called remote control. Mm, that's the RC oh. part, yeah. Yeah. What, ha- <gasps> what happens if shit hits the fan and all radio? Like, we're not having any cell phone. Oh. What happens with mm. ah. cards, puzzles, ah. thousand piece puzzles? Crack them out. If you'd like to email the show, and uh, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, podcast app reviews. We don't have any new one of those, but if you'd like to, head on over to your podcast app of choice and give us a review there. Helps the show get found. Uh, Patreon supporters, if you'd like to help support the show and help us get more shows out to you, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash slamfireradio, or you can hit, hit the link up on our website and help us out with uh, uh, with funding for the show, and we'll use it for cameras and microphones and that kind of stuff. Uh, you can also help support the show by visiting our website and clicking on the links to Cabela's from there if you're going to buy from Cabela's which has uh, curbside pickup right now. So if you wanted to yep. buy some stuff online, get a shopping cart of essentials, essential goods, uh, and then head to Cabell's. They'll just put it in the trunk of your car for you. Sweet. Shoutouts. Trevor? Uh, yeah, it's Reed's birthday. Reed is a Ipsic New Brunswick uh, fellow shooter and a listener of Slamfire, and it's his birthday. Reed. So happy birthday, big guy. There you go. Happy birthday. Kelly? Happy birthday. Um, nope. I don't really think so. I don't know. Adriel, Adriel, I'm giving a shout out to Adriel because you've been fantastic, and Ryan as well. Um, and Darren, all of our, all of our senior instructors, just give you guys a shout out because you guys have been really helpful and fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, finally, please join one of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR. Check us out on Gunners of Canada. Like us on Facebook, and we'll see you on. Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Yay! Saturday. Special coronavirus minicast. Microcast. <laughs> well, you have to make up names for things before they're called microcast. <laughs> microcast. Um, thanks for watching. Choking like it's prom night. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.